So here is my question for you that I'm just going to start off with, and we've got other, other ones coming up. But today we're talking about fear, and I'm wondering, has anybody of you ever held back? You know, you've ever held back from something, and you've just been like, oh, well, you know, I don't know, I don't know what, uh, what, I don't know if I can give it my all. I'm holding back. So I have a friend. I, okay, I know that's funny. But I have a friend, and um, they... They are people who, or he is a person that he's good at absolutely everything. Absolutely everything he touches, he is good at. Drives me nuts. But as I started to get to know him more and more, I started to realize that, well, he told me, he's like, I hold back most of the time in what I'm doing. I have to hold back in, in, in what I'm doing and, and he said, I do it for this really interesting reason, and I'm really curious, and, and he's talking to me about it, and he's like, I hold back when I try something new because if I fail at it, then I know it's because I didn't try my hardest. If I fail at it, it's because I know I didn't try my hardest. And I was like, wow. I've never had that experience. I failed grade 10 without hold, or grade 10 math without holding back. Like, I was trying my hardest and I failed. But this guy was like, he would go into situations and he'd be like, I'm going to give it almost my all. So that he never top out in his capacity, so that that could be his margin to say, all right, I, I didn't get to where, I, I didn't get the grade I wanted, or I didn't get whatever because I didn't try my hardest, and then that would make him feel better. So today we're going to be talking about the fear of failure. The fear is the awareness of a threat that's going to affect your normal life. That's what fear is. Fear is not being scared, or it's not terror. Those are responses to fear. Fear is the awareness of the threat to your normal life. That's what you, you have. What we do with fear changes. It matters what we do with fear. There's an awareness of a threat. So I want to ask you on Slack, and, and please engage with this, where does the fear of failure come from? Let's think about that. Where does the fear of failure come from? Maybe you've experienced it in your own life, and so you have a, a personal understanding of it, a personal knowledge, but maybe you haven't. Maybe you don't know uh, where it's been or where it's come from, and, um, but where does it come from? While you're answering that, I'm going to read 2 Timothy 1, 7 to 10. This is our text. We're probably going to uh, memorize it, but here we go. For God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about my Lord, nor me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us into a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifest through the appearing of our Savior Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality and light through the gospel. So growing up, my mom used to always have a saying. Well, I used to have a saying. My saying, whenever my mom told me to do something, was, I can't. And my mom turned that around on me. I don't know whether she was right or not, but she would constantly say, it's not that you can't, 
It's that you won't. I don't know of any moms in this room that have used that saying or you've heard that saying. It's not that you can't, it's that you won't. And, you know, I'd be like, no, mom, I can't. And, and she'd be like, but you've done nothing to put your effort behind it. You've not even tried. See, I've limited my potential of success for fear of failing. I can't do it, mom. There's no way I can make that happen. She's like, but you haven't even put your effort in. The fear of failure stops. It affects how we process things. So where does the fear of failure come from? Someone says that it comes from expectations that you cannot live up to. Someone said, I turn down teaching opportunities all the time because of fear of public speaking, a fear of failure. Someone says it comes from past failures and outcomes. When ridicule comes after failure, it teaches us that it's not safe to fail. And someone also says, show me someone who has never failed, and I'll show you someone who's never accomplished anything. So there's a tension going on here. There is a fear of failure that can stop us from moving forward, can stop us from doing things. And in the church, we actually see this a lot. In the church, we see that we have a fear of failure, so it stops us from doing stuff like sharing our faith, from telling people that we're a Christian, from, from being a person that is going to be uh, bold and speaking the truth of the gospel. We feel ashamed. We feel, we feel separated. We feel like, I can't achieve that. I can't do it well enough. And so we stop. It affects the way we perceive things. See, every single one of us are judges. We see the difference between good and bad. We see better and best. We see it right away when we're at school. We see that there are people at school who are good at everything, and then there's like me. And we're like, okay, so, so how do we do this? Everything is, is being judged. We, we, we're being judged with like this, this ranking system. You're better at basketball than you. And so you're going to be on my team. And you're going to be on the other guy's team. Right? Everything is a ranking system. We do it in job interviews. You scored high on a job interview. You scored lower on a job interview. It's ranking because we're judges. You don't measure up. There's another area we don't measure up in. When it comes to God... When, when I compare myself to God, I mean, I'm close. No, not at all. When we compare ourselves to God, we're just like, oh, not even close, not even in the ballpark. We're going to get to this later, but that comparison makes God a threat to us. That makes God a threat to us because it's like, whoa, you are way better than me in every area I can think of. But we don't compare to others in ranking. Like, I'm, I, I speak here at, at the church, and you hear me speak, and I stumble over words. I mess up my words sometimes, and once I even preach the wrong sermon completely. When I compare myself, when I rank myself to other ministers, sometimes I don't measure up. I'm not as good. Sorry, guys, I hate to break your break your, you know, illusion, but I'm not as good as other ministers. And it's like, okay, so 
So what we have here is, is this piece where fear is an awareness of a threat that will affect our normal life. Someone just said, shouldn't the definition of fear involve emotion in some sense rather than awareness cognitive of the threat that will affect your life? I think better would be an emotional effect, reaction to the awareness, cognitive of the threat that will affect your normal life. Should there not be emotion in there anyway? What is fear without emotion? It's no longer fear. Really, really good point. And we feel the threat we are aware of the threat on multiple different senses. You walk into a dark room. This is totally not in my notes. This is in response to Slack. That's why we do this. You walk into a dark room and your senses, your other senses perk up and you're like, okay. You know, you, this sense of like feeling on your foot as you're trying to avoid the Lego that is inevitably going to kill you. You know, your senses, your, your awareness, but also when you walk into a tense situation, your emotional awareness is awoken. So the awareness is not limited to simply cognitive, and so that's a really good clarity point. It is just, I am aware of a threat. There could be an existential threat. There could be all types of, of perception threat. There could be societal threats. There's stuff that affects our emotions that say, hey, there's a threat. So the fear is the awareness of the threat, and we could respond emotionally in it. We, it affects us. So how does God answer our fears? How does God deal with our fears? God puts us in us a different spirit. Look at the, look at the verse here. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, not defined by fear, not driven by fear, not, not categorically, uh, uh, what was the word that I used? Um, how it, it, it doesn't change how we process stuff. He didn't give us a spirit of fear that affects everything and how we process, but of power and of love and of self-control. The NASB uses and of a sound mind. This, this sense of stability he gave us a spirit of, of stability where we're able to say, okay, I can process through this intellectually. I can deal with, I can, I can deal with, that, rash, with that emotional reaction, and I can actually be, work through it cognitively. Sound mind, self-control. See, because we're ranked, you know, we're, we are ranked in everything we do, we have this fear of failure. Like, when did you learn to walk? Or when did your kid learn to walk? Was it early enough? When did you bring home your first A? Did you ever bring home an A? My first A was in my master's degree. It was the first time I ever got an A. How many benchmarks of comparative success do we put up in front of our children and, our, and ourselves? So ranking and comparing, they all affirm the fear of failure. I apologize. It was a different translation that said the, the of sound mind. Um, I think that would have been New King James, not NASB. So God walks with us through our fears. The longer we walk with God, the more we learn to trust him as he carefully or as he faithfully carries us through times of fear. Right? God faithfully carries us through, and we learn to trust him. And that's what happens. And, and the fear of failure is able to start to change. So, God put in us a different spirit. Right there, we saw it in the verse. God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love 
and of self-control. God's spirit is one of acceptance, but it's not based on our ranking performance. And that is a different way of looking at things. Because we're judges, since as someone said earlier, since Adam and Eve, we're judges, that's the way we approach everything. God changes the way that we are to see ourselves. And God gives us a, God's spirit is one of acceptance, not based on our rank or performance. So, not based, it's not based on how good we are or comparing to God or our personhood or it's not based on our labels or our disabilities or God didn't rank us based on anything like that. Take a look at where the verse goes. It says, God gave us a spirit of power and a love and sound mind who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, not because of our performance or our ranking, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. God gave you unmerited favor. It means that there was nothing you did that put you in a position that made God accept you. Nothing you did. Nothing. It's not about how good you are that gets rid of the fear of failure. The story at the beginning, that guy, my friend, he was good at everything. He learned to snowboard, never being on a snowboard before, he learned to snowboard in one try down a, down a it was a, a blue hill or something, I don't know. Just, bam, got it right away. But he still had a fear of failure. It's not about how good you are, it gets rid of the fear. Sometimes the better you are, the more you fear failure. We call it pressure. So God gave us a spirit that overcomes the fear of failure. The fear of failure has to do with judgment, and God overcomes it. He called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose. So you and I, we participate in a great evil when we do not accept and do not rest in God's unmerited favor. When we don't allow God to say, I love you, I have you, I have chosen you, I have established you, you have everything you need, you are who I want you to be, and I am the one in control. When we don't rest in that, when we fight against that and say, but God, I've got to do this better, I've got to be better, I have to improve myself, and we put all that onus on ourselves, we actually participate in a great evil because we create pressure and the fear of failure for people all around us, and we need to start to recognize that God loves you. God loves you because he chose to. He loves you because he chose to. It's not a ranking. You aren't better than somebody else. His love for you is unmerited. See, God has accepted me regardless of my performance. 
And if I can accept God's unmerited favor, look at this, and I am a joint heir with Jesus? Think about that for a second. God has elevated your status from being the same as the world, concerned with where they rank. He has elevated your status because you put you because he chose to, he chose to make a way and he established you as a joint heir with Christ Jesus. There is no higher rank. You can't get higher than that. You're an heir of the king. Like, we don't look at that. And, and, and when we look at our systems, oh, but I didn't accomplish good, well enough, I didn't succeed, I didn't blah, blah, blah. What is that in comparison to being a joint heir with Jesus? God didn't give you a spirit of fear wrapped up around failure. He elevated your position. And so, so someone just wrote, if fear is an awareness of a threat, it is, um, it, is real, it is really that God is making us overcome our awareness of fear. No, he's changing our response to the awareness. Thank you. Someone just said it well. God is changing our response to the awareness. And he's doing it in this case, the fear of failure. You are established. Your ranking is higher than it deserved. And so now that fear of failure, you can set it aside and say, no, wait a second. Wait a second. Because I am established as a child of God, a joint heir with Christ Jesus, what the world ranks me as doesn't matter. What my ministry peers rank me as doesn't matter. I am a joint heir with Jesus because God established it. And nothing can break that. So I am set free from a fear of failure. I need to rest in God's unmerited favor. He loves us. And nothing can change that. See, one of my old mentors, Mark Caldwell, he's a minister out in BC now. He used to say to me, I don't know if it was originally his quote, but he's the first person that said it to me. I've heard it since. He said, if you rise on the praises of others, you will crash on their criticisms. But how can I not care what anybody else thinks? Well, the only way you can break that judgment, that ranking system, is to understand and accept that Jesus has ranked you at the highest level that is possible to be ranked. You just got joined in with the divine. That's big. You don't suck. You just got elevated. If I find my security in the person of Jesus who's accepted me, not based on my performance, I can fail in front of you people. And I do. 
And it's okay. Someone just asked if Jesus was afraid in Gethsemane. I'm going to plug our Good Friday service. <laughs> you need to be here Good Friday. Because we're going to go through Jesus and how he dealt with his fear. His awareness of a threat. There was an imminent threat in his life. And this is, this is where... This is where we really need to, to be here on Good Friday because it's good. The spirit that God has given me says, you measure up. You are good enough. You are brought into the family of Christ. The spirit that God has given me is not the spirit of the world that's marked by the fear of failure. And in this church, in all churches, North America wide, we need to start to embrace God's different metric than the world. Because right now, the church lives in a spirit of fear of failure. And it causes us to draw back. I can't, Mom. I can't share my faith. They might not believe me. I can't talk about Jesus because I'm not a good enough theologian. I just can't do it. And my mom would answer that and said, it's not that you can't, it's that you won't. You put no effort into it yet. Oh, but that, there's a big fear of failure. It's not going to work. Okay. So you're judging yourself based on your ranking. You think that you're going to not do as well as somebody else? Oh, interesting. Let me tell you where I put you. I have elevated your rank. You are a joint heir with Jesus. So what if it doesn't work? So what? We need to be set free from the fear of the spirit of this age. And we need to start to realize that God has given us a different metric. See, what stands in the way of you accepting the type of love that says that you're good enough? That's a slack question. I want to hear. What stands in the way of you accepting the type of love that says that you're good enough? Can you accept that love? That just carte blanche says, you are a joint heir with Jesus. That's who you are. Can you accept that? Or is that too good? Can you let go of your own judgment of yourself? Can you embrace the spirit that God has given you of a sound mind? instead of throwing accusations at yourself based on worldly ranking systems? What stands in the way? Can you allow yourself a larger base of security? God has established you. You don't get a more secure foundation in which to launch from. Guys, I... When COVID hit, I was a year and a bit into planting a brand new church called Promise Church. And the narratives that ran through my head said, you're not going to be able to see this through. This is going to destroy the church. It's going to wreck your, your career, your future recognition, because you're the guy that planted a church and it failed. 
But God gave me a larger base of security, and he said, so what? You're my child, who I love, who I have elevated. And it gave me the strength to say, no, we're going to push through this crisis, and God will see it through. God is more interested in our successes than we are. So I don't now care if it falls short. Because there's not one thing I can do that can change God's ranking of me. So what is it? What is it that stops us? It's hard to comprehend, but sometimes freeing when you do. The love of God is hard to comprehend. When, some, when I believe that a person who says I'm good enough doesn't know that element of me. The world's doing this all the time. There's a lot here where people can misinterpret what I'm saying and say, oh, well, you simply mean that, oh, we're all good enough and we all just try hard and blah, blah. And I mean, it's kind of like an Oprah gospel. No, that doesn't work because, and, and this person just nailed it, because I know inside of me that, oh, well, actually, that person doesn't know that part of me. The fact that I carry that much anger that I just push aside and I don't let anybody else see it. The fact that I have that much selfish ambition. The fact that I, am, that I know my own corruption. Therefore, that doesn't land. But when God sees your imperfections and changes your rank, he already knows that part of you. He's already working it through. He's already at work and he will finish his work of, of transforming you into the image of Jesus Christ. That's his promise. He knows that part of you. People affirming that you're not loved by God is a blocker. Pride is a blocker. There's a lot of them here. I'm going to end with a story. Erwin McManus wrote a book. I honestly forget which book it was in. I couldn't find it when I was going through. But he was talking about Joshua and his armor bearer. And the story is that at this time, Israel was being attacked. And they're coming, and they're, they're pushing. And one evening, Joshua says to his armor bearer, let's go up and climb up this cliff, and let's see if the Lord is going to deliver them into our hand. If they invite us up, then we're going to go. And if they don't, then... We'll probably end up dying. And the whole piece was, was this idea that if we're going to fail, we fail forward. If you're going to fail, fail forward. You go for it. Joshua and his armor bearer, two people up against the smallest, up against the largest army. He's like, well, whatever. We're going to die here. We're going to die there. Let's go for it. And he climbs up, and they invite him up. And the Bible records that, that the army was routed. They were thrown into confusion and chaos, and the army was completely routed. And there was a huge victory won that day. And Manus' point says, says, go, lean forward. 
Look at the fear, the awareness of the threat. Understand that God is at work and he is going to work through. Someone said, I agree that fear is the awareness of something that affects the immediate way of life. And the emotional response is what hinders the next decision. But fear without the emotional response is an analysis of what it is to come and the danger it poses. I feel God works on the result of the analysis and the process to the result is different from person to person. Yes, there is, there is variation, but overall, God is, God is establishing us, giving us a new secure base that sets us free from the way that the world has looked at everything. So if you're going to, if you're going to fail in the world's eyes, understand that God's base for you is much stronger. He has established you, and that means the failure in the world's eyes doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look at this. Last year, this is my final piece. Last year, we, we did a barbecue, community barbecues. We called them street meet and greet. They were awesome. And we, t- and we, and we really got excited about them, and we were doing them. And, but people, people were, were scared. What if, what if nobody comes? What if it... What if it doesn't work? What if they think I'm a Christian because there's a promised church banner? What if, what if they think I'm, I'm preaching at them? And there was a fear of failing that, that surrounded it. But here's the deal. Jesus said, if you're going to be first in the kingdom, accept that you're going to be last here. If you're going to be first, accept that you're going to be last. The first are the last. And the last shall be first. And so, who cares? Go do it. We're doing street and meet again. We're doing it this year. Host one. Do it. Who cares if you fail? Some of the prophets were, were given messages that the people would not listen to, but the metrics, the metrics of success was not that they whether they proclaim the message. It was, it was not whether people listened, but that they obeyed and proclaimed it. So God didn't give you the same fear that the world has. He didn't give you a fear based on ranking. He gave you a spirit of love and of power and of a strong mind. So go fail. Go fail in the name of Jesus. Let me pray. God, you didn't give us a spirit that's caught up in fear, but you gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, one that can respond to the fear of failure and accept the elevated position that you gave us, that you just granted us, not based on our performance or our own merit. But God, I pray for liberation for our congregation, that your Holy Spirit would fill us, that your words would flow freely through us. As, as, as someone, the last mention on Slack said, that the, that the prophets were given words, that, that the metric was that they said them, not how they were received. God, I pray that, that you would remove from us a spirit of fear, but that we would have loosed tongues empowered by your spirit to be able to speak your word into situations where we may not have had the the boldness to do so. 
but that we would respond differently and speak your word in truth and in love and free from the fear of failure. And Jesus, I pray an anointing on this entire congregation. I pray that you would fill our lips and our hearts with your truth and that we would boldly share it, not measuring ourselves on the result, but simply acknowledging that this is what we can do because of the base that you've given us. Joint heirs with Jesus. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I pray you have a great week. Next week, we're going to be talking about fear of death, and uh, it's pretty intense. It's going to be awesome. Maybe no one's going to be here next week now, or you're all going to be here. So God bless you. Have a great week.